Blog Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Or to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence And I apologize, it looks like we had a little little opening there where we had a little glitch in things. And um, and I do apologize, we had a little little happening there, and we are on and going, so hopefully everything is good. Um, so I apologize for everything like that. And again, welcome to Activating Compassion Radio. This is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and it's great to be with you today. We do have Claire Candy Hugh, who is going to be joining us here in just a little bit on the air. And I apologize, we had a little technical glitch going on there, which left our sound out of place. So um, anyways, for Yehuda's message today, go ahead and just go on over to my page of the Main Street Universe tab at Jesse and Nichols George, the number one, dot com. And again, I, we're up and we're going and happening and uh, Candy will be with us in just a minute here. <clears throat> but a little thought to get us going here on our topic today. Is there a difference between soulmate and twin flame? And have you experienced a soulmate relationship? How did you know you were with a soulmate or twin flame? A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the illusions we tend to have when entering into relationships. One of those is that of the soulmate. So many people feel that if they find their soulmate, it is going to be one big romantic date. Easy peasy relationship. However, this is rarely the case. Soulmates are not always people that are part of our romantic life. Soulmates oftentimes are here to challenge us and help us grow and develop ourselves. They are likely to be familiar or come from the same soul grouping that we are from. Often, they are another being that we have made an agreement with to help through something in this life. When we really look at our soulmates, it doesn't sound very romantic at all. Claire Candy Hugh is someone that has been specializing in the role of soulmates and twin flames, and I remember in a discussion with her recently where she expressed that it is really the twin flame 
that puts closer to that dreamy relationship. She mentioned that with a twin flame, you will each experience what the other experiences. And so we will tend to take care of our own stuff more because we don't want our twin flame to be in hardship. In addition, she brought up the point that you choose to work together on things and that oftentimes even your physical features will fit together literally like puzzle pieces coming together. I remember seeing a picture of her and her twin flame sliced together and they literally look as if they could be one person. When she shares some of her own experiences and those of twin flame, it really does sound like a wonderful experience to have. What really seems to set apart twin flame relationships is that each person seems to naturally step into sacred self, operating in higher vibrations much more effortlessly. When we realize how incredible this can be to go through, it is no wonder that so many are searching for it. Yet my experience is that few will do what it takes to materialize it. That involves working on oneself. See, a twin flame will only enter our life when we have worked through our own stuff. There is no specific time, just when we choose to evolve ourselves to a point that we have made ourselves ready to receive it. Final, for many, this is truly fascinating frustrating because they just want to jump into this relationship without doing the work. And sadly, as long as they seek the immediate gratification, they will only find Mr. and Miss Wright now. However, if we are willing to put in the time and the effort and with the help of perhaps a couple of soulmates, we can definitely get to the good time. How much are you willing to work on yourself in order to experience a twin flame relationship? Have you ever checked to see if the person you are with truly matches you like a puzzle piece? What value can come out of experiencing the twin flame relationship? This week, our guest focuses on a component of compassion that is related to the aspect in my books of not my problem. And this reminds us to care about others and their processes, serving as a container of love. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I will have Claire Candy Hugh, and she's going to be sharing her work in Twin Flames and Soulmates. And the song that I have for you during our break is called Desert Highway by Claire Hadeen. And if you want to find out more about Claire's work, you can definitely do so. Connect with her um, and her music through her website at www.clairehedin.com. And we will be back shortly. We will get uh, Candy on the air, and we will be sharing with you an amazing show on Twin Flames and Sunday.
And welcome back. You are listening to Activating Compassion Radio, and my name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George. I'm your hostess today. Thanks, everybody, who stuck in there with us uh, at the beginning where we had a little glitch coming on. And, and uh, our intro song, by the way, was was by uh, Shimshai, and uh, I sent your presence, and you can learn more about their work at www.shimshai.com. That's S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. And the song that we had there on our break is called Desert Highway. It's by Claire Hedin. And you can check out more of her work at www.clairehedin.com. And again, to pick up Yehuda Bird's message, uh, which I think we had a technical glitch during that time, you can go to my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, Jesse and Nicholas George, the number one.com. And I welcome everybody that's listening through all of our channels today, so it's great to have you with us. Today I do have with me Claire Candy Hugh, an angel practitioner, licensed Reiki master and teacher, international radio show host, writer and author. Claire Candy Hugh helps to raise the consciousness of individuals. She established her business Angel Healing House in 2003 after her angelic walk-in experience. Claire Candy helps her clients transform their lives physically and emotionally through Reiki. She marries spiritual knowledge with practical ways that help that people can live. And she established a spiritual community in Queensland, Australia. Claire Candy holds presentations, workshops, and seminars in addition to her healing work. She is known for her extraordinary ability to channel messages from the angelic realm. Through her business, Angel Healing House, Candy is a published author of the inspirational channel book, Angels of Faith, and her guided angel meditation CD, Letting Go of Concerns and Living in the Now. Claire Candy created and hosts her weekly international Angel Healing House radio program. Candy was chosen to be a future healing practitioner for a documentary TV series called The Children of the Rainbow. We will be looking at her work today in Twin Flames and Soulmate, and you can learn more about Claire Candy's work at www.angelshealinghouse.com. And Candy, Claire, <laughs> Claire Candy, it's great to have you on the show, and thank you so much for your patience today with me. Thank you so much, Jess, uh, and it's an honor being here. It's lovely to be on your show. And you know, I certainly have the pleasure of meeting you in person, and you are just, everything I've seen on the Internet, you are just so much more than that. <laughs> so thank you. I, I'm i going to let you start off by, by sharing with us your journey into doing this work. What brought you into doing all of this work on soulmates and twin flames and angel healing? Right. It um, it all began for me. Um, actually, it began way before it began for me. Um, uh, the official date was January 11th, uh, and that was 2003. They had that I had an angelic walk-in experience. Um, the soul that was uh, formerly living in the body um, did not uh, want to complete her contract, um, and all she wanted to do was exit. She was, uh, she was very depressed, um, anorexic and suicidal, and she just wanted out of the physical incarnation. And we on the other side do not wish for anybody to suffer. We know that 
some of the greatest hardships, uh, the greatest lessons that we learn uh, come in challenges and hardships along the way. It tests us. It, uh, it tests our faith and our trust in, in the divine. Um, but when this is prolonged and, uh, and the soul does start to lose their ability to, um, to keep their life force energy going, um, especially um, around 10, 11 years ago, when it was so very important for every soul on the planet to hold as much light as they possibly uh, could hold for the ascension of the planet. Um, uh, I came to her in a sleep state and I said, if you would allow me to take over this physical vessel, um, it's not like possession, it's 100% contract, and you can go up to honors uh, to God and, and back to your true home, um, and, uh, and I will take over the responsibility, um, whatever, whatever you do leave behind. And that's what happened to me on January 11th in 2003. And so from there, um, I started to uh, study Reiki. Um, I established my practice. I was living in, uh, on the Sunshine Coast in uh, Queensland, Australia at that time. And, um, and, I got, and I got my two disciplines in Reiki in a very short amount of time. Um, and then after that, um, the six months after, I had my walk-in experience at a party I should not have been at. Um, I, it was a Come As Your Favorite Rockstar party. Um, I went to Stevie Nicks, and the only Elvis out of the party um, uh, uh, came about a half an hour after I arrived, and, uh, and, he, and we started talking, and five hours later we were still talking, and five days later he asked to marry me. Uh, this is my twin flame, uh, Pete, and, uh, and we drew... Um, each other to ourselves because of the high vibrational frequency within ourselves, having uh, cleared all of our karma, and uh, we have been on our twin flame mission ever since. So um, that's a that's a little bit about uh, about how I started in this. And uh, so, so you've been with Pete now for um, basically a little over 14 years. And, it's a, yes. and and your story is phenomenal. I mean, most people, I think that, that you know, they'll watch a show like The Bachelor or something like that. <laughs> and, they'll, and, and you know, we, we live this whole lifetime in a few weeks' time in a show like that, for example. And, and we think, you know, wow, look at this whole love story and relationship that evolved. And, and that's really just a few short weeks. But then we look at an experience like yours, and we're talking five days, and you're engaged yes. or married. Well, actually, well, actually, um, Pete says that after three days, he felt the hand of God on his back, nudging him forward to ask me to, to ask um, me to marry him, and he said, uh, he, he, he said, I, how can I ask this woman to marry me? Logically, it didn't make any sense. His heart was compelling him. Divine in him was compelling him. And he actually asked, he wanted to ask me after three days, but he thought he would wait for five. Wow. And, and I can tell you, Jess, I can tell you from the moment that we met, we were comfortable with each other. There was, there was no... And there never has been in the last past 11 years 
Uh, there's, we never run out of things to talk about. We love spending time together. There's, um, there's his interest is my outrest. My heartbeat is his heartbeat. Uh, when you are with your twin flame, it is like living with yourself. This is the masculine version of me, and, it, and I am the female version of him. It's a little bit spooky, and it's, uh, it's certainly uh, something when you choose to be uh, um, reunited with your twin flame on the earth plane. Um, it intensifies um, your life, and it intensifies what, and amplifies whatever is inside of you, and it scares a lot of people to have that kind of vulnerability um, and that kind of openness. And you haven't dealt with your karma. And if you're still playing games and, you know, you're still hiding some aspects of yourself in order to be with somebody, um, then twin flame, you know, the, the twin flame relationship will just expose everything. And I apologize for that. Got really loud here, but I agree. And and that twin flame—that is something that people are not always ready for. They're not ready for their own self to get amplified. Yes. And and exactly. and this is something that I've talked about, and I've noticed in my journeys in traveling. When you go into, for example, a power spot or a big vortex spot, say like Sedona, for example, and. Mm-hmm. You go there, and, and we wonder, well, if it's all this vortex amazing energy, why are there all these people who aren't making it <laughs> that are in this industry, right? And exactly. it's because everything is so amplified, and if they're not standing in their true pure self, then the pain is amplified as much as everything else. The fears are amplified. Everything is amplified so I think that that's a very powerful statement that a lot of us have this dreamy romantic vision that, oh, my gosh, this is exactly what I want. I want somebody to step into my life and know that they want to marry me, you know, immediately and, you know, and just know that we're still talking constantly and love each other so adoringly after all this time. But, you know, they're not ready for all the other stuff. You know, they're really not, I think, thinking about some of these pieces that you're bringing up. Yeah, and um, and what's really important in a twin flame relationship to know that yes, it is romantic and yes, it is very loving. But the reason that twin flames uh, come together is first of all um, is is because they are on a mission from God. They know this. There's no question. They know this above all. Pete and I put God before, beside, behind. Everything that we do is driven by the divine. Um, and, uh, and it's the marrying of the gifts and talents of one twin with the gifts and talents of the other, and then the sum of the parts becomes greater than the whole. Um, you know, for instance, and to create um, some endeavor, some project, some mission for the betterment of humanity. For instance, um, I've written many books. Um, Pete is in the film industry. Um, he, we have written screenplays about the messages and the insights in our work, and we are going to be making movies, and we are going to be bringing forth this for the widest possible audience, messages that are messages of hope and redemption and inspiration and motivation. Um, and, and so 
this, we know what our mission is, and nothing takes us off this focus. We are laser beam focused. We, all, we always have to be in a three-bedroom home because we both have uh, our offices. Which we work out of outside the home. And so Pete has his business. I have mine. But, it's, but then it's combined with the two, with the projects that we do. So a lot of people don't know this about Twin Flames, um, that, that the reason they come together is because for a higher mission. Yes, and it is very affectionate. It's very romantic. But um, but that's the that's the main reason, and um, well, no. and everyone has a twin flame, Jess. Absolutely everyone. You know, before we came into our physical incarnation, if you can imagine that we were like Ovid in the sea of vast love and pure divine spirit, and we were living in zero point. We were the perfect balance of that masculine, feminine energy. And when we decided to experience the physical fields of matter um, and we decided to split, um, then we took on one gender or we took on the other gender. Um, and if we're always looking for that other half of ours and we're always longing for it. Um, but um, people don't realize, um, uh, you know, that they have to be at the stage where they've cleared their karma Completely. I mean, in in a lot of a lot of spiritual teachers out there, they they do. Um, and and some instances, they talk a very good talk, but they haven't turned the mirror back on their life and completely taken all those spiritual values and everything else, and they're not living. They're not living the one hundred percent example of that. Um, and in order for you to bring your twin flame to yourself, that karma has to be dissolved. Completely, it, it can't be justified, and it can't be rationalized away um, from a from a linear, limited, you know, uh, mind point of view. It has to be resolved in the heart. So, you know, I often say that uh, that in order to get, you know, to draw your twin flame to yourself, you have to become that energy. You're not going to find twin flame by searching for it. You're not going to find it by uh, but, you know, by looking for it outside of yourself, you have to become that energy. In order to become that energy, you have to take responsibility and accountability for your life. You have to forgive everything. You have to release all judgment. There's only gratitude and appreciation for your blessings, and there's only unconditional love. Everything else, everything else must be let go of. You know, these are important things that, again, I think there's so many people that don't even think about this because a lot of the people out there looking for their twin flames are not being accountable <laughs> or responsible in their life. But but this balance that you talk about is so important because it gives us inspiration to make us realize that the more we bring balance into our planet, the more twin flames that are going to come together, uh, yes. I would say because that's just going to be a natural cascading result. And I'm so glad that you brought up that you have to become the twin flame for it. It's part of your development process. So with that being said, I'm going to throw a couple of questions out, and you can go where you want to go with it. Um, Well, before you you get to that question, I, I was just about to say, that what the soul, what our soul really wants, is not only reunion, 
but that wants a reunion with its divine eternal nature. It wants it wants to go back to that original feeling of oneness that we had before we incarnated in physical form. And this is a craving that we have for our first intimacy we, that we experience being created by that hand of creation, universe, source, God, whatever you want to call that. And so that's our first intimacy. That's our first oneness. And so we crave for that. And when we are that, then we will, we will be of the vibrational frequency to draw us to flame to ourselves. And and I think that's a big concept for a lot of people to think about because most people that are are out there searching, so to say, are not are not searching for this necessarily that you just mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. They're not realizing that that's where they need to put their attention. Now, a couple of basic questions that I know a lot of people. Uh, either ask or they bring up regularly or there's a lot of controversy around and that would be do we do we connect with our twin flame in every lifetime and um, and I think there's a lot of people that would wonder you know how do we absolutely know it's our twin flame I mean in my opinion if you're with your twin flame there's just no Question. <laughs> yeah, there twin is a question, but 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 there's actually, but there's actually uh, checkpoints and things like that that I can go over. Uh, the first the first thing is very important is that most people most people choose not to um, not to be with their twin flame, um, and that's why they have been so rare um, on planet Earth is because um, uh, they choose. Uh, because they choose not to address um, those things that would resolve karma, all negativity, let go of all of those, all of those things, they actually can work better with their green flame guiding them across the veil. So, so you're saying there's actually people who will choose to let them go, and that was another part of my question was. Can we lose a twin flame if they've entered our life? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that last part. If what I, I, I so that kind of plays into the other question I had that I know a lot of people also wonder is if a twin flame enters my life, can I lose them, or can you know can we separate? Or and, and that's kind well, of what it, you were saying. There are some people that choose not to be with them. Yep. And it depends. I mean, there's some. I um, I read an interesting article article about twin flames running away from each other. Just because you're ready for your twin flame doesn't mean that your twin flame is ready for you. As I said, the the intensity of this relationship when you're faced with yourself, it is. I can tell you, having been through it, the intensity of seeing yourself in somebody else is bizarre. It's extraordinary. Um, but you but you recognize this, um, and if you are ready for the intensity, you're right. You do not question it. You already know in your heart that you are on this higher mission, and it is God-driven. Um, but but there are some people that, that, that balk at it because they're not ready for the commitment 
um, that a twin flame relationship, uh, you know, encompasses. And and I think that's true perhaps if we meet them very early on in life and we're not ready for that and we have a lot of, like you say, things to deal with in our own areas and our own aspects in there. And uh, it is very interesting where I've seen some of them come together and their ability to work together is is truly amazing. I mean, that's just... Yeah. Well, there's so, another. So yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say there's another aspect that has thrown people off, um, turning the mirror back on themselves and doing the work themselves. Is in the last 10, 12, maybe 15, 20 years, you know, every, there's been so much out there that has told us to look for our soulmates. Um, you know, how oh, is this person my soulmate? Is that person my soulmate? And Yet we must realize that soulmates are part of our soul group and they incarnate back um, with us in order to reflect back to us some still unresolved in us because there's always an issue to deal with from a past life or unfinished business with a soulmate. Um, with any, any uh, romantic soulmate, they come in with a charge. There's irritation, there's agitation. They push our buttons. There's always drama there. And it's enough to keep us in playing that soulmate game. And until we get fed up, we leave. And until we turn the mirror back on ourselves and say, what was it about me in this relationship that I co-created this in order to reflect something that triggered me or something that irritated me, then we will draw another soulmate romantic relationship to also reflect back to us some irritation, some trigger. And the truth is, um, a soulmate will always come in with some major karma for us to look at and deal with. Um, But, you know, once you realize this, um, then you don't have to play the soulmate game anymore. You cannot rely on somebody else to reflect back to you. You can take a good look at yourself and to go over those points that I help people with in my sessions the responsibility, the accountability, the forgiveness, judgment, uh, gratitude, appreciation, the unconditional love. Um, And then you can slowly dissolve your own karma so you can be of a different vibrational frequency uh, to draw a very different person to yourself. And and this is interesting because you're bringing in some good explanations of the differences between a twin flame and a soulmate. A soulmate is more of our reflection and our mirror, and they're here to kind of test and to challenge us a little bit to help us work through something. And they can come in a lot of different forms, not just a relationship or a partnership. Um, Oh, yes. But a twin flame amplifies it. So that's, that's a little bit different than the mirror. The amplification is not the same as a mirror. And I no, think that's no. where some people can get confused. Right, right. And um and there if you if you want to imagine um soulmates as one in front of the other, um it, um and this so that they can reflect back and forth because there's always unfinished um un, un, things that need to be resolved within both of them. 
if once you resolve these, once the karma is resolved, and then you do draw your twin flames to yourself, as you can imagine, twin flames are like uh, uh, trains going down parallel tracks. They're going in the same direction. The twin flames don't teach each other anything. They go on. They they go forth, and they 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 live in in harmony and unity and conjunction together. Um, I often say it's like um, what Khalil Gibran says in The Prophet. Um, he says of that marriage of, of like souls, it's like you have a temple. The walls of the temple uh, don't lean on each other. They're, they're stable and they're loving in and of themselves. Um, then they hold up the roof of the temple, temple and they let the winds of heaven dance between the two of them. They, you know, um, so many relationships, um, um, you know, are codependent, um, are, are about control or about blame or playing games or things like that. Twin flame relationships are not like that. They don't lean on each other. They really don't need each other. They don't need each other. They are strong and they're independent and loving of themselves. They have found the divine inside of them. And they live that through every word and thought and breath that they have. They are living from that divine space within themselves. And so, um, and so they are strong and empowered unto themselves. And they don't need to reflect anything back and forth inside of them because they get their reflection from the divine. And um, that is powerful. Right there, that is I think in, incredibly powerful that thought. It's, it's almost like, in a sense, saying when you're done looking for a relationship, not out of anger and frustration, <laughs> but just because you simply don't have to have one there, you're about yeah, ready you're, to find a twin flame. <laughs> yes, because you're already fulfilled inside. I mean, your your love tank is already filled. I I say that in my sessions with clients. You know, you nobody's going to fill your love tank like you do. And if you expect somebody to fill your love tank, then you are living life outside of the divine because the divine is already inside of you. And when you're living from that zero point, the perfect balance of that masculine and feminine within inside of you then you don't need to reach outside of yourself for anything. You're, you're like a self-fulfilling, beautiful spring, a wellspring of love that keeps replenishing itself. And, you know, certainly you can share some various signs. Um, I, I know that I saw a picture of you where where you and your partner were, Pete, where your pictures were overlapped and you literally looked like you could be one person. It was Oh. It was incredible. But I also, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do. You know, as a matter of fact, i, I got to go back and check a couple of X's. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of a fun thing to do because it, it, in a way, when we start to look at this, I think some of the signs to know that it's a twin flame is there aren't all of these games. We're not having to manipulate. We're not calling in order to get a call. We're... Um, it's just a whole different arena of being. Yeah, 
And um, and it's interesting, you know. Um, I I've done twin flame re- relationship workshops before, and you know, people say, well, how do you know? How do you know you've met your twin flame? Um, and there is only one twin flame in any space, time, and dimension. There are not there are not are there are not multiple twin flames. Um, you know, the, it's it's at that moment your soul begins to crave for a completion with God almost to complete this masculine feminine. One of the things is when you meet your twin flame, is there's like this electrifying feeling between the two of you and it's an immediate comfort level. And I tell my clients not to be fooled because soulmates um, have this electricity to keep you playing in this game. Um, I often said, if you're with your twin flame, there will never be, I, am, I love my twin flame, but... He's married. I love my twin flame, but he hits me. I love my twin flame, but he cheated on me, or he drained my bank account, or any any number of things, because this would not happen. Twin flames would never hurt each other. It would be like stabbing yourself in the heart. It would be like lying to yourself. Um, you have gone beyond. You have gone beyond that, I will do this in order for, this, for like you said, to get this from another person. Um, the two of you are in sex. Uh, another thing is um, with twin flames, Jess, is the two of you are literally inseparable. It's, in, it's almost impossible for twin flames to remain separated on any kind of per, uh, permanent basis because they actually get depleted by not being in each other's energies. Yeah, and that's, that, that's, that's and a powerful again, thing. That's a powerful thing because oftentimes in relationships, there's always one who is a little more evolved than the other, and whoever is the more evolved one is the one that tends to get trained in a relationship mm-hmm. when we're dealing with, say, a soulmate relationship. Um, but in a twin flame, you can't, to me, as you mentioned, you can't help but always be charged in that person's presence. and. Exactly. Um, you know, I think it's very funny because I'm at a point now where I'm traveling the U.S. I'm totally single. <laughs> okay, I probably just sent some <laughs> flags out there, but um, I'm totally single right now, and I love what I'm doing. I, I, I'm not in any big drive to have to go out and find a relationship anymore. Um, I'm very content with myself. I'm very happy alone. Um, yeah. Would I turn down a relationship if it showed in my life and it was a twin flame? Of course I would not. But um, it, it, it's interesting. I had, when I was back in San Antonio last fall, it was around Thanksgiving time, and and I had somebody doing Vedic, a Vedic chart for me, um, an East Indian-style chart, and uh, they said to me, they said, you have one more relationship. <laughs> and I just laughed because I was like, oh, God, no, no more relationships. <laughs> and, and I thought, man, if I've got one more to go through it, darn well, better be my twin flame because <laughs> I'm not accepting anything else other than that uh, in there. And now, I, I've got a question for you on this when we're talking about how twin flames kind of are bonded together and, you know, you get together and there's this constant charge. So when you get that kind of a charge, I know you just don't desire anybody else. You know, like you you don't, 
It's not like, as you say, it's, and I've heard that from a lot of people. Oh, I found my twin yes, flame, yes, but they're yes, married to somebody else. And I'm like, yes. that's not your twin flame. No, no, there is nobody else. There is, there, in in fact, um, uh, you, you know, you you don't look at other people. It, it's not it's not as if you know, hey, that other person's handsome, or other, you know, that other that other person uh, drives a better car, or is, or is richer, or because it's the twin flame relationship um, actually it goes beyond any of those things that are stopping people from finding their twin flame. You know, there are, um, it goes, it, a lot of times it goes against age and race and financial, you know, bank accounts and whether they wear designer suits or whatever it is. It, it goes so beyond that. It goes so beyond what we've been programmed to think what we want. And, and, and it's almost like, you know, we don't, Get bored with that twin flame. You know, it's it's not that you don't hit that point necessarily of God. I don't want to be around this person. I'm bored. I'm, you know, this relationship is bugging me. It's draining me. I want to go off and do my own thing. Um, but I would say, no. can, a, can a twin flame relationship can they be tested as a couple? For example, um, let's say I've met my twin flame. And and you know I think of this because I think I think in the terms of say Yeshua and Mary Magdalene for example who, yes, who were obviously absolutely. twin flames yeah and and yet there were all these people that were jealous of the connection that they shared now obviously there's spiritual overtones there in the sense that um, you know people are going to be jealous of what they don't have themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. In things, so will there be, for example, people similar to the disciples coming in and trying to drive a little wedge in there uh, because they're jealous or they're wanting to to get their foot in that door and experience it? Yeah, but but um, what somebody says or does or 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 uh, purports has nothing to do with us. I mean, you know, everybody's allowed to have their own their own fingerprints and their own way and their own perception and attitude to the world. Uh, we, you know, twin, twin flames, and they, they know, they know the love that they have. This love has been through many incarnations. Um, we know that, uh, that we've come back on a mission from the divine. Um, and it, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. In fact, uh, we have more people saying to us, that they love being in our energy. They love stepping into our home because it's the, it's the crystalline, angelic realm energy that people, it makes people weep when they come into my healing room because they're, they're connecting to their own divine, eternal nature. So, you know, they, they look at our lives and they're saying, you are just so happy. You're happy not because of what you own, it's not because of what you, you know, the material things that we've told, uh, so often been told that are bringing us happiness. You know, you've had lots, lots of money and you've had very little money. And, you you know, it, it doesn't matter where you live or what you have. It's that connection that we have that makes us wealthy. And we know it. And that's what more people then pick that up than those that don't. 
And, and that's very interesting, too, because even though we might find people who test our twin flame relationship at the same time, that energy melts them down to where they don't want to interfere with it. Um, I know Jim and Ashley Cash that I had on last week, I have no question that they're twin flame mm-hmm. <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, they, they are one of those people that if you get in their presence as a couple, um, you can just see it. You can feel it. The energy is so, so incredible. And, yeah. um, they, and, and there's no question, and you never want to interfere with that energy. Uh, you just want to have your own. <laughs> like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's a, you know, I, I, want, I want what she's having. <laughs> you know, I want the, that's a, I'll take a dose of that. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I want I want some of that, but they don't understand the. Um, it, it's like the phoenix. It's like the phoenix being burned down to the ash um, in order for it to rise again. Most people who have um, experienced their twin flame have gone through that tremendous dark night of the soul. Um, I did. I did I, uh, when I had my walking experience in January of, of uh, 2003. Um, I studied uh, my two disciplines of Reiki for, uh, um, for a short while, and then I went into seclusion. I didn't, I didn't watch TV. I didn't read a newspaper, read a book. Um, uh, almost all of my acquaintances fell out of my life because previously they were of a lower vibrational frequency and they weren't in alignment with my high-dimensional frequency that I came in with from the angelic realm. And, and, and suddenly I found myself like a newborn chick. I was being, I was being cuddled and I was being um, sequestered away so that everything about me could be burned down to its absolute divine essence in order then to come out of this in, in September, uh, September of 2003, and then to be at that body, and then five days later to, um, to experience, yes, let's get married. Let's get married and go on the journey of us when playing the relationship. Well, and this is fascinating because as I, as I listen to you talk, I keep thinking to myself, you know, basically you just don't run into the so-called relationship issues um, when you're in a twin flame relationship. <laughs> you know, it's not that you don't face challenges, but the difference is you're facing them together. It's like going down a set of rapids. It's still challenging, uh, but you're both in the same boat, and you're and you're working it together. Um, exactly, exactly. There's and, never and I think that that's, I, yeah. yeah, and and I think that, you know, that's the interesting thing because I look back on relationships and, you know, we think of the different things that come up, like jealousy and things like that. And, you know, when I, I, I've got a whole realm of cancer friends out there who, who don't believe in being totally committed to one person and, you know, these different, all these different thoughts and lifestyles. And, and not that any of these things are, are wrong or any of that. I'm not saying that at all because we each need to choose what works for us in this lifetime. But yeah. at the same time, what's interesting for me to think about is that there's like you like I wouldn't run into jealousy, for example, if that was a key issue for me in a relationship, that wouldn't be there with a twin flame because 
the connection would be such that they wouldn't be looking elsewhere. They wouldn't be focused in other directions and things like that. Absolutely. You know, you you did say there will be challenges, but there are never challenges in the relationship. In the 11 years that Pete and I have been together, there are no arguments. There are no fights. There's nothing to fight about. There's just allowing the divine in that other person to shine forth and for that other person to be themselves, they can be their authentic divine self. Because that's, that's the exact same uh, characteristic for that's the exact same person that is there by your side. So you'll never have challenges within the relationship. Yes, you'll have challenges maybe with finances, maybe you'll have challenges where you're going to live or what you're going to do and those kind of things. But you, you uh, work things out. And and it's always it's always working off the same page. You know, you brought up you brought up about um, twin flames looking alike. Um, you know, when you as I said before, when you look into the other twin's eyes, you see yourself. And I remember when we were in a bookstore once, and this book flew off the shelf, and it contained something which the book was not called Echoism, but it contained something that referred to as echoism, where it took different couples like a, um, uh, let me say, um, a John Lennon and Yoko Ono and spliced their faces and put the left side of one person's face with the right side of the other person's face. And instead of making this, you know, sort of misshapen face, it created one face. And that one face is many of the times is twin flames look um, so much like themselves. And that, and that picture that Jess is speaking about is after we didn't buy the book, but, uh, but we came home and, and Pete was intrigued. And he took, he took scans of our faces and put half of, half of my face on the left side with the right side, and it makes one face. It makes one face, and, and actually, um, when we were when we were engaged, we only were engaged for two months, um, and uh, we sent I sent pictures to the states because my, my I was living in Australia at that time of Pete, and my mother said, "Oh my gosh, it's incestuous." He says, you, "You look like brother and sister. You look like your twins, and certainly not of the of the vibrational frequency to know about twin flames." But she herself said, "You look like." You look like you're identical twins. Well, maybe that's fraternal being um, masculine and feminine. So um, there are uh, there are there are so many things that are um, identical in so many ways. But it's more it's more like it's complementary. Let's put it that way. For instance, Pete is a Torian. He's methodical. He's organized. He is he, he hates things doing more than one. I wouldn't call him stubborn, but I'd call him very methodical. Now, me, on the other hand, I'm an airhead. I'm an air sign. I'm a Libran. I'm very fast in making decisions. I'm very reflective and reflective. I, I'm, you know, I, I do a little bit here and then do a little bit there. And Is this opposite? It seems to be, but it's complementary. Because those things that he takes a little bit too long with, I hurry him up, and those things that I, on the other hand, would would 
go too quickly and not and gloss over like contracts and things like that. He methodically goes through things and he says, "Look, you know, the, you know, you didn't really read this clause or things like that." So when you talk about twin flames, um, this it's your divine complement. You don't have to have exactly the same characteristics, but in many respects you do, and it's your it's your complement. It's the complementary personalities and the characteristics. And and I'm glad you brought that up, that it's complementary as opposed to conflicting or um, opposing, because uh, we can have somebody who's an opposite or different than us who is complementary to us, but then we can have somebody who is opposite and different, but they're not complementary <laughs> You know, so the yeah. difference, for example, as you mentioned, where you might be very in the thoughts and the ideas and out there in the airy space, and he's maybe more grounded and, and methodical and knows how to take all those thoughts and put it into action, that's complementary. Whereas uh, if you have somebody and they're on the, the meek side, so to say, they don't speak up a lot, they're quiet, but you have somebody that comes in and they're controlling and they're dominating, that is not complimentary. That's conflicting. So I want people to kind of have that example that, you know, just because you're meek and you're with somebody who's abusive, that does not mean that (laughs) they're twin flame because they're different like that. Uh, That's a conflicting aspect there. And, you know, I oftentimes think I can't even imagine who mine would be because, in all honesty, I don't even have a clear thought of of what that person would be like uh, out there. And that's it's something I've thought about. Like, I wonder, you know, what would do it for me? <laughs> and, <laughs> and I can't well, answer the question. Well, I guess you, you can't answer. That, that, that question can't be answered. That question can only be answered by the divine inside of you. You when when you when you have when you have given yourself over to the divine when nothing else um, when nothing else matters when you become a mystic wanderer um, in so many respects that you give yourself over um, to be uh, reunited with this extraordinary amplification of the divine on the earth plane um, then. Um, then you don't even question it anymore, yeah. and then you live from that divine center. You don't even you don't even think to yourself, who is going to be, you know, how is how is this person going to manifest in my life? You just allow for that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that's an interesting piece because I've just, I I have given up on just <laughs> even thinking about it, or I shouldn't say given up, but I ha- I don't concern myself with it anymore, like I said, just because I'm so happy with what I'm doing and the direction that things are headed for me, um, that it's just not a concern. And I figure if it's showing up this lifetime, that'll definitely show up. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but it's, now, um, there's, there's, yeah. Go on. there's another aspect that you bring up about twin flames when... I've looked at your work and I've listened to you. And that is that twin flames, having a twin flame in our life also changes other areas of our life. Do you want to it talk changes about everything. That 
It, it, it actually changes everything in your life. When you are driven totally by the divine, um, then it's not as if you don't have free will anymore, but you know the sacredness. You know the sacredness of this, of this relationship, and it transcends anything else in your life. Nothing takes precedence over the relationship. Money, job, uh, anything outside of it. Nothing will take precedence over this relationship. And then, and and that, and that changes every aspect of your life. You know, that's that's very interesting that you bring that up because I've often said, and and people don't get it. I said, you know, I love the things I do. I love the direction I'm going. And yet, I think if I met that person, I could settle down and do anything to share that type of relationship. Although at the same time, I don't think my twin flame would ask me to do that. <laughs> no, no, it's, because it's, it's a strange dichotomy there. Because on one hand, they would never ask you to do that, but on another hand, like you say, like uh, you know, when you have that, it's such a divine experience. If we go back to again, say like the example of Yeshua and Mary Magdalene, and if you put their pictures together, they overlap, <laughs> like yours and Pizzo, yes, um, yes exactly. and looking looking like one, and. Yet, you know, she was happy to walk away from what she was doing in order to take this journey with him, and it was a journey. And I think another aspect that comes out, which I've noticed with what you and Pete are doing in your lives, is that your work then begins to merge. It merges into this new unity that the two of you share together with the world. Absolutely. It's and and it's not just Pete and myself. Every those people that are in a twin flame relationship know that it's a triad with God at the top. It's always we it's not just Pete and myself, it's Pete, myself and the divine. That's what it is. That's that's what that's what we know in our hearts and that's what we live in every single second. Um and so you take that in what we're doing, and you share it with the rest of the planet in order to be a service to humanity. And there are, and, and within this, there are no restrictions within this relationship. All is freedom. So, so a person in a twin flame relationship that would never ask of somebody something of the other twin that would be out of character because it's themselves. You know what they want the other person also desires. Again, there's a train going down parallel tracks in the same direction all the time. Pete and I know the the sanctity of this relationship, and we live it every single second. And I think that that's a big key, is that it's about the sanctity of the relationship. I mean, yes, it's about the individuals involved, but even more than that, it's about the sanctity of the relationship that you have. And my observations, my experience, I can't speak firsthand because obviously I'm not with my twin flame at the moment, mm. but um, everything that I understand and know uh, on this 
tells me that when you're with this person, you can't help but create for the benefit of the universe. You can't help exactly. it. You can't stop because, it. Yeah, because yourself, you you are already that that divine uh, creation. You're living that divine creation. Otherwise, you wouldn't have drawn that twin flame to yourself, and then and then connected in that way. Um, it's important that that uh, that listeners know the things that actually stop a person from finding their twin flame. Um, you know, one of those things is you may not be in a very spiritual place within yourself. You may have uh, gone to all the workshops and you may be a, a great spiritual teacher, but you're not living the example of it. And in so doing, you might be coming from a place of desperation to be loved or to be fulfilled by somebody externally. And uh, and if you have not turned that mirror back on yourself and you haven't found that within yourself, that love of self, which I call, um, then you're always going to be searching outside of yourself. So that's, that's, that's one of the things that could stop um, uh, to bring a, to draw a divine love to yourself. Another thing is you might be allowing your physical ideas and ideals of who this person should be, you know, um, things, you know, we're so bombarded by media and advertising and programming, you know, saying, oh, he's got to be, and The Bachelor, you know, he's got to look a certain way, he's got to be handsome physically, or he's got to be, um, you know, drive a BMW, he's got to have a six-figure bank account, he's got to, you know, in, in a, he, he, I, had a, I had a client actually say to me, I will never date somebody who is shorter than me. And I said, she said, my twin flame has to be taller than me. I said, what if he's not? I said, what if the most fine compliment in the world were an inch shorter than you? And I said, you cannot put any restrictions and unconstrictions, you know, on this relationship because it's not what uh, what you've been told um, that it has to follow. Um, of course, you, they're not gonna, you're not going to be matched with somebody who you detest or is, or is, you know, sort of uh, physically reviles you or something like that because your soul will be in harmony with this person. I have said to the angels um, uh, when, you know, sort of I thank them this was six months. I wrote a decree. You're going to love this, Jeff. I wrote a decree six months saying to God, Thank you for my twin flame relationship. And I went on to write the characteristics of what Pete was. I wrote um, that he, he, I said, thank you for him being kind, compassionate, um, loyal, considerate, loving, um, affectionate in public. I said, we travel the world together. We work together. We're the best buddies. He makes me laugh. And the only physical thing that I put on there was that he had to have some hair, and I didn't say where, and he's almost, he's almost all bald, he is Italian, and there's lots of hair everywhere else, um, so, but, but the angels already knew, they knew what I would be, I would look at and, and be head over heels for, and, and he's it for me, there is nothing else. And this is something that that I've talked with people about because they always want to know what's this person going to look like and so on and so forth. I said, you don't have to worry about it because they will be appealing to you. 
And I think when sometimes somebody gets stuck on a characteristic or something, there's a split thing that happens between knowing what's appealing to them and being addicted to a certain thing. Um, I think sometimes we're, we we have an attraction to a certain thing because we know that our twin flame is maybe carrying that type of energy because mm-hmm. what that represents to us is whatever. Um, but like you say, I mean, they're, they're not going to be somebody that would, you know, just totally repulse us. <laughs> so to say. Exactly. Um, and I think that, too, there's an aspect of, I don't think you can miss your twin flame. When when you're ready to connect, it's not like you can be sitting, you know, if my twin flame was sitting in the Starbucks in Salem, Oregon with me right now, for example, there would be no way I could miss that person in a million years. Exactly. It's not going to happen. Those vibrational frequencies are the same. Mm -hmm. I like that you brought up to the aspects of this, this desperation because I'll tell you, I deal with a lot of people that contact me and they are desperate. And I'll tell you, they're older women, sometimes even men, but they are desperate for a man. They are desperate for a relationship. And I think that this is can be a very dangerous space because when I see this, what I see is an addiction. I see an addiction to being in a relationship versus wanting to really connect with the divine. It's a, it's almost like a, a human distortion that's going on there. And, and I've seen a lot of people, they get very fixated on a particular person, on a particular thing. And here again, I think if we're meant to, to really connect with our twin flame, they can do a walk-in <laughs> type of situation as you had a walk-in in yourself and I think that, you know, maybe if we misconnected and we're still meant to connect, they'll walk out of one place and into another to connect with us again. There's no question about it. And it's all what you've, what you've contracted for. You know, you brought up a great point because you may expect there's so many, and I would say the majority of these are older women in their 40s and 50s, and they expect a relationship. Um, to be able to fulfill them when they haven't, again, I, I, turn it, I, I call it turning the mirror back on themselves and filling themselves with that love. You know, I say, are you looking at yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? You know, and I said, are you looking at your diet and exercise? And they say, no. And I said, are you, are you keeping your thoughts positive and optimistic? And they say, no. I said, is there anything during the week that you do that emotionally nourishes the creative passion inside of you? Things like art and dance and writing and, and playing a musical instrument or, you know, open yourself up to journaling or gardening or, or things like that. And they say, no. And, I, and, and they don't spend any time in connecting to the divine. And I said, you've got four very unhappy, smiley, you know, uh, frown faces here. How can you expect? to draw somebody to yourself that you want to be all these wonderful things when you are not that vibration inside of you. I mean, it's just like attracts like. It has to. Um, and, and another point, another point, Jess, is because these women have, have allowed themselves to be in relationships where they 
They've tried to save somebody. They've tried to um, help them, enable people, you know, uh, former partners, former husbands. Um, They expect the relationship to follow the same pattern of every relationship they've had in the past. I remember, boy, do I remember this. I had one client who was divorcing for the third time, and when I asked her if she'd like a relationship, she said to me that all she would ever draw to herself were lying, cheating bastards because there were no good men left in the world. And I said, you know, with that constant, I said, you know, hence she had a constant stream of men that not only cheated on her, but abused and used her and took her money because this was a, this was a self-fulfilling prophecy in which she said, this is all that I am worth, and she didn't allow herself to step up and to imagine anything other than what she had been uh, um, used to getting all of her life. Um, and, and so it's, you know, and it's, it's allowing yourself to imagine something so much grander. And and that's where we look at it and say, you know, that's where we're drawing in these so-called soulmates who are trying to get us to look at this lesson. And I was talking with you earlier before we went on the air, and I was saying, you know, I've got to stop and, and <laughs> take a look at this pattern that's happening in my life right now because whatever our patterns are, there's something there for us to learn and to get from that. And and what you talk about with the twin flame and manifesting the twin flame, and I'm telling people the same thing all the time, is that you've got to work on yourself. You've got to make the connection to the divine. You've got to have spaces of enjoyment consistently, regularly, daily in your life to manifest that person. But what you're talking about also overlaps, as we talked about how it's going to change every area of your life, it overlaps into how we manifest, period, be it twin flame or anything else in our life. We can't do it without taking that regular connection with the divine. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Um, quite frankly, you said, you know, will it, will, you know what, what will change in your life? So many times people don't go after what their heart desires because, they they want to, um, uh, you know, assuage their parents, their religion, their community. Um, you know, they've been programmed to look for, for a rich man, for a man who's either a doctor or a lawyer, for somebody who's of the same religion. Who And, and there's nothing wrong with these things, but if it goes counter to what your heart is telling you, then the weight of this is so much to carry um, so that goes counter to your heart. Um, and, uh, and it keeps people on a constant carousel of dishonoring and disrespecting what they know in their heart to be true. That is, that is so gigantic today. Um, and, and boy, you know, I, I'm actually doing a workshop tomorrow that's all about breaking the rules of programming. Um, <laughs> ethically <laughs> or with yeah. integrity I should say and 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 you just nailed it which is is that aspect that our heart always tells us if our heart is feeling heavy about something you know we can love somebody dearly but if our heart starts to feel heavy in the situation 
we know it's not right. And I think so many times that we, we convince ourselves that we do something because we love somebody. We love somebody so much, you know, that, uh, that this, that that, you know, and, 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 and I can't tell how many times that I've told people, I said, but this isn't love. You know, yeah. love is not this abuse. You don't, you know, you're not loving yourself. They're not loving you if you're staying in this abusive situation. That is not love. You can still love the person as an individual person, but that is not love. And and there are some differences there, and there are some huge pieces there. And, you know, for me, I've had little tastes along the way in different experiences of what this is like. And I remember being at a conference in Denver, Colorado, many years ago, and it's funny that this memory would be coming up for me as I'm getting ready to head into Denver in two weeks. <laughs> but um, I was at a show, and, and, and actually that's where I had met Stephen Halpern face-to-face and connected with him, as, as well as Stephen McDonald and um, some other very, very amazing people at that time. And uh, and I'm there, and, and there was this energy that came through from some things that I was experiencing there, and it was literally like I was drunk with so much joy flowing through me that nothing could bring me down. I mean, mm-hmm. nothing. Nothing could bring me down. Nothing could interfere with that. And and I feel like, again, yes, you're going to meet the day-to-day challenges, but even like when little of the just the basic day-to-day things would come up, nothing really got to me, nothing because of this, this level of joy. And I I think for me that when I step into that twin flame, that's going to be a very similar feeling to that. It's like being drunk with this joy. It just flows through you because that joy is the connection to the divine, and that's, that's what it was about. I was connecting with the divine in a way at that conference. Um, yeah. That was it's, just unbelievable. It is. It, and and, and the, the word that you use, and the feeling that Pete and I have being together is like we're two little children. We're two very excited, wiggly little children. We're best buddies to each other, and we're constantly laughing and giggling. And, and you know, one of the things I said in my decree to God, you know, six months before I drew, uh, we drew each other to ourselves, was he makes me laugh. He makes, you know, um, and we are constantly, we are constantly have this, this uh, giddy, wiggly, happy, little childlike um, energy between us, and it is bliss, it is joy. I also wanted us to bring up, um, uh, before, uh, I know we've got about a half an hour or so, but for those people that think this subject is new ageish and it's a little bit woo-woo and out there, 2,500 years ago, Plato, the philosopher, is talking about twin souls. And he said, and when one of the twin souls meets the other half, or the actual other half of himself, the pair are lost in amazement of love and friendship and intimacy, and one will not be out of the other's sight even for a moment. It is as if one has melted into 
the other one and grown together so that being two, you shall become one. And after your death in the world beyond, you will still be one departed soul instead of two. This becoming one instead of two was the very expression of our ancient need before we were in physical form because human nature was originally one whole and the desire and pursuit of the whole is called the divine love. That was written 2,500 years ago by a philosopher called Plato. So if, if anybody thinks that it's a bit new age and it's just sort of come out, you know, when you, you know, <laughs> left. I mean, even Edgar Casey, you know, the wonderful uh, psychic, the sleeping prophet, he, he oh, spoke yeah. about, the, you know, the division of twin souls occurring from oneness from source. That's what they come from. They come from oneness with source to be able to experience uh, the physical reality. But they bring divine codes to them to wake up humanity to love. It's like the, the twin flames. It's like they have a secret weapon, you know, like this, that they hold this high vibrational frequency of love, like a Yeshua, like a, like a Miriam Magdalene. Um, and and just their being, without even producing anything, they are changing the vibrational frequency of love on the planet. Uh, this is just so exciting to me because I just keep thinking how amazing this world would be if people put a focus on becoming the twin flame. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just. It's just amazing, and, and it comes back to, you know, we hear this in all kinds of different spiritual practices, biblical practices, all different walks and cultures of life, where, and, and it reminds me of an old song, uh, I think it came out, I want to say in the 70s, <laughs> if that's mm-hmm. dating myself, um, that was done by Paul Stokey, uh, uh, and and part of the lyrics were when two or more gather in his name and yes. it was called the wedding song and it's always been one of my personal favorites um in there and and i remember it from days of going to y camp and things like that and this is the thing that that we talk about the power in numbers uh and things like that that come from belief systems but when two people gather in the name of the divine, and that comes back to what you were mentioning earlier, that sanctity, it's basically untouchable. I mean, it really, it just, you know, we we need to be willing to let go of the programming, I guess, that we have in our minds about all the romantic versions. It's fun to play in the romantic side. And I think of how multidimensional my twin plane must be up there, <laughs> based on my variety. Um, well, it's, but it's, uh, at the same time, uh, you know, we need to be able to let go of those and remember that that true ecstasy, that true intimacy, not just the sex, not the pornographic version of it, but the true intimacy, which is unmatchable, all the rest of it just pales against that true yeah. intimacy. Yeah. 
Now, now um, with the uh, the time that we have remaining, I'd like to um, I'd like to tell people, you know, what they can do, what they can actually consciously do to, to turn that mirror back on themselves, and uh, and the things that they can perhaps uh, do in their lives that would that would you know create that frequency inside of them, um, you know, to Okay, so the first the first thing to do is the first step is to stop looking outside of yourself for love. Bingo, that's it. You, you first you have to seek the union with God from within. That's it. You you are God. You are that God consciousness. You always have been, and it's your choices to think that you're separated that separates you. You can't. You can't ever be truly separated from God. It's your it's your perception that you're separate. So the more you turn that mirror back on yourself, um, and know that 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 divine essence is within everything um, that you are, and you start to live that. That is the greatest and most profound blissful union that you'll ever experience. I don't care who is in front of you. You know the truth is that you can be sitting next to your twin flame, and because they're not clear inside, you may not even recognize them, you know. Um, I'm a little bit possible for now, there. I'm sorry, you were breaking up a little bit. What was that? That's what I was saying. You were breaking up, and I didn't quite grasp what you said there. Okay, I'm sorry. You're breaking up, Jess. The uh, The connection is not very good. Okay, I think so, we're getting better again. Okay, we get better again. Okay, so I'm just going to say that you first have to have the characteristics that you want to attract to yourself in yourself. That's number one. If you, want your twi- if you truly want your twin flame, start to be the example of all the spiritual principles that you that stop reading the book, stop going to the world. You know, it's like it's like at some stage. You have to turn the mirror back, and you have to, you know, start, not have to, but in order to be that vibrational frequency, you have to be those characteristics. One of the most important ways of trying to attract your twin flame is with your spoken word. You know, when I wrote that decree uh, six months before I met Pete at that party, um, uh, I, after I wrote it, I saw it as a sacred pact that I had with God, divine for me to connect with the divine within myself. And so I slept with it under my pillow, and I read it out every morning and night. And when I read it out, I just didn't parrot fashion reading it out. I, I felt the feelings in my heart, what it would feel like to be with my twin flame, to hold hands with each other, to tickle each other, you know, to splash water on each other and roll around in a circle and we were kissing you know, to watch movies together. Even when I would be sitting there watching a movie with a big bowl of popcorn on my lap, I would feed him popcorn because I knew he was there with me. I said, I already thank you for my twin flame. I didn't say I need. I didn't say I want. I said thank you because I knew he was already mine in the etheric. And every night when I went to sleep, I took the covers and I pulled it over Pete I didn't know his name was Pete, but I said, sleep tight, and I gave him a kiss on the forehead. 
and I did that for a good, I wrote my decree in March, and I met him in September. And he was everything that I'd written down on there, everything. So the first, one of the, the things that I would tell somebody to do is write that decree. What is it? What is it? What is it that you long for? You'll notice that I didn't put down physical characteristics. There was nothing about driving a BMW. You had to be rich or anything. I went within. What was important to me was that he was loving and kind and considerate and that he was affectionate in public and he loved me. He treated me like a princess and nothing was more sacred than this relationship. So write your decree. And read it out every morning and night in a very sacred, ritualistic way. And know that, keep affirming, I do not have to wait for my twin flame because I have my twin flame already. He just hasn't manifested on the, uh, in the physical fields of matter as yet. This was so important. Um, also, another thing is to, um, to be free of entanglement. Okay. This is really important, Jeff. I've had many clients who cry that they're lonely and crave a cherished, honoring relationship, but they still having sex with their exes or they still, you know, have photos of old boyfriends, marriage certificates. They still watch their wedding DVDs of their ex who cheated on them. So whether you know it or not, each one of these things has an energy and it's holding on to past energies and it's stopping the new energy coming in. That is a huge thing that people miss a lot of time. You, you can't fully be with somebody or have somebody fully be with you when a part of you is still with somebody else. There's no question about that. Or with that. other things. And, you know, I'm not approved when it comes to sex. You know, sometimes sex is just good old sex. But really, when you are of a higher spiritual awareness and there's no right or wrong answers, but if you're truly intent on pursuing the higher path, you have to realize that the establishment of such casual relationships, they take some part of your energy, some part of your time, and then this diminishes your awareness of a higher dimensional frequency relationship. You're actually demonstrating to the universe that you're settling for less than you deserve. You're compromising. And when every time we compromise, the universe only sends us what we desire and what we show the universe that we're willing to compromise for, and you'll be given more compromises, especially when it comes to love. And, and that's huge. No compromising, people. <laughs> no compromise. And not if you want. Not if you want that divine relationship. I mean, if that's really important to you, and people make time for things that are important to them. You know, if you really do want to up the ante when it comes to connecting to the divine inside of you, then create shared moments of joy. I can tell you that after doing, after writing that decree in March, it was March, April, May, by June, by June, he was around me 24 hours a day. And I used to say, okay, let's go grocery shopping together because we, we have almost the same taste. What are we going to buy? And we, I would walk down the aisle with him in the etheric and say, okay, tonight we're going to have spaghetti and blah, 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 whatever it is. I would involve him in my life because he was there already. I felt him around me. 
I was so focused on this. This was, and I knew maybe I had maybe I had a leg up, and maybe I had the advantage being a walk-in, knowing that I came back to to bring a divine mission with my twin flame, and so nothing was more important. That was the first thing that I needed to do was to connect with my twin flame, and the rest would be shown to us. But if this is your focus, make this your focus in life. So create those shared moments of joy. Making that your first priority. And, you know, this is an interesting twist when we look at all the other things happening in our life because if you really want that full, complete life, then maybe your focus really should be on finding your twin flame because everything else will fall into place as a result of that. Everything else has fallen into place. And Pete and I... Have, have followed the signs of the divine. Um, the divine asked us to sell our beautiful beach house in Australia. And we we thought we were going to be two old people there, you know, uh, two curmudgeons, you know, in our, you know, in our 90s and into 100 on our beach. But, but, but God said no. In order for you to fulfill your mission, you have to move to the state. You have to let go of this in order to gain so much more. And and every time we have followed that voice of God as we step forward as a united team, miracles have been presented to us. Absolutely. And and working as that united team is gigantic as as it comes along. But it happens naturally in this type of a a connection and and this type of a relationship. Yeah. But, uh, but But again... Again, uh, a twin flame relationship is not to be taken lightly. Um, it's an enormous, it's an enormous um, thing inside of you to to step up to this kind of relationship because it goes counter to everything that we have been told about relationships in our modern world. Yeah, it's you know it is. Truly amazing. Um, now, were there more points you were going to bring out, or can, or are you ready to move on to how people can um, connect with you, where they can find you, what you absolutely. have going on? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, people can connect with me several ways. There's, uh, they can uh, look at my website, which is www.angelhealinghouse.com. Um, I also have my um, Angel Healing House radio program every Tuesday morning. Um, It's a weekly radio program at 11 p.m. That's California time. Um, And uh, I've been doing this for three years, uh, the weekly show. Um, And there's a different channeled topic every week. When I started this radio program three years ago, um, I, I am from an angelic family, uh, have with my walk-in um, that's called the Posse of Angels. And this angelic family of mine told me, do not have guests on your show, because your show is a platform about relevant topics that the collective consciousness is going through from an essential point of view. And it's going to help them gain clarity and direction, and um, it's going to help them 
um, to stop sabotaging and limiting and putting blocks in the way of getting into their divine, you know, connecting with their own divine eternal nature and living from that. So um, there's three years' worth of um, archive shows there that people can listen to, all listen live on the Tuesday mornings. Um, let me see what else. Um, there's the um, Reiki. There's the Reiki that I do. I'm a Reiki master in not only the, uh, the traditional Asui um, uh, discipline of Reiki, but also the more Egyptian Reiki, which is the Session Sekum, uh, which has a, a very different feel about it. Um, and uh, people can connect with me uh, either in my Los Angeles office or um, I, I do so much of my work over intuitive counseling and angel readings over Skype and phone, and the distant healing with the Reiki uh, lifts pain off of people nationally and internationally and brings them back to that wholeness and that bliss within. So there's a number of different avenues. They can, they can read my book, uh, which is uh, Angels of Faith, which is about the two near-death experiences that I had when I was five years old and when I drowned when I was almost 15 and the glorious um, journey that the angels took me on to help people to remember um, our real home in spirit um, and how we connect um, and, and, the, and how we transition from physical back to spirit and the journey that we get to go on. So um, uh, you can purchase that along with my meditation CD on, uh, on my website, which is angelhealinghouse.com. all those seeds 
and starting to develop everything up. Um, also, my books on relationships have been released. You can check those out at www.jessianniclesgeorge1.com. You can also find on there all kinds of video tips and my blog posts and connect with the archive shows uh, that we have here. Uh, there's all different types of things that you can find on there, my monthly specials, the whole works. And uh, in uh, all of these things that are going on, you do have a couple of days left to take advantage of the March special deal, which is the ebook version of Activating Compassion for only 99 cents. So just head on over to the homepage of the website at the end of this chart. Has started her own show once a month. Janice White is doing her own show once a month. Woven Green, who I interviewed last week, Jim and Ashley Cash are doing their own show once a month. In addition to that, we have Randy Goldberg on Monday nights doing Vedic Astrology. Tuesdays is Susan Weed sharing her work in Herbs and Natural Plants, and she's been doing a series on, on 13 magic trees. Now, I know she's been taking a break for a couple of weeks, but then she'll be back. Wednesday nights, we have Daniel and Janice on our flagship show, Main Street Universe, and they're doing all different kinds of things. That's usually backed up by Spiritual Insights with Darren Bucare, and he's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans. Kevin Barrett is popping in and out. He's working on some new... Uh, things with something called New Companion, and I think I might actually bring Kevin on this summer and let him share a little bit about what's going on with that, because it's kind of a little interesting project that he's working on. And then, also, just keep in mind, Fridays is Activating Compassion Radio. Now, we have been changing the time, but next week we're going to be on at the same time with Tina Van Lubin, but sometimes we're on earlier during the day. It just kind of all depends here since I'm on tour. And I'll be coming at you from all over the country as I travel around on tour. And do keep in mind, on my website, josiannicholsgeorge1.com, you will be able to find all of the events that are going on. Again, I'm in Portland this weekend. Uh, I have a full-day event in Portland next weekend. That's an Adventures of Integration Day. I also have an Adventures of Integration Day next weekend in Leavenworth, Washington, then I will be in the Denver, Colorado area for two weekends. From there, it's into the Black Hills of South Dakota. Um, I'll have another venue popping in around the May Day weekend, and then I'll be going into Galesburg, Illinois. Then it should be Kansas City, Missouri after that. And then I'll probably have some venues coming up, like in Indiana, uh, Ohio, around that region as I work my way up to Traverse City, Michigan by the middle of June. And then I'll be headed over to the East Coast uh, region doing some various things over there while I'll be in Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, Maryland, uh, Massachusetts. So you'll just have to watch for more of those coming up. This is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and thank you so much for being here with me. And again, thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live on Penn, known as Fair Encounters Network, StreamFinder, and Talk Stream Live, as well as those catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com and those catching the YouTube version of our show. I do look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into activating compassion. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And also, um, you know, again, people have many ways of catching those archives in there, so just go ahead and share it. You never know whose life you're going to change as a result. I'm going to leave you with the song over 
and over, also known as Yearning For by Shemshai. And again, you can check out more of their work at www.shemshai.com. S-H-I-M-S-H-A-I.com. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Activating Compassion Radio. Do you enjoy the rest of your weekend? And have a truly amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with season of change inside. We are in tune with the tune, caught in the balance of sun and moon. Oh, deep inside, the light within, shining to show you it's here to begin. When all I Life
feels up, it's still burning Deep in your spirit, your heart is still yearning for Over and over, life is your lover Learning to walk just a little 